Welcome in, guys, to another episode of Bankroll Blitz. I am joined by Bobby Prop Holiday and Chelsea Messenger. How are y'all doing today? Doing good. Uh, I'm nice and caffeinated because I've already done four shows today. And uh, first off the top, like I'm not a paid handicapper. Like, do I prognosticate? Yes. <laughs> uh, to use, you know, something from Aaron Rodgers vocabulary playbook. So I'm going to do my best. I have been in the sports betting industry for a while. So I know what I'm talking about. But, you know, you know, don't put the house on my place. <laughs> no, no, we're happy to have you on, and, and uh, we're grateful to to get a um, to, you know, to obviously we our first female guest of the Bankroll Blitz. We're excited for that, so thank you so much. Um, and it's awesome to have you on. Yeah, I'm excited. So let's get rolling. Yeah, let's get rolling. First, Bobby, go ahead and talk about your weekend last week, because man, you absolutely killed it. Really quickly. So if anybody told me last week, I went 3-0 and in the bankroll blitz. Um, I hit Carson Wentz over one and a half touchdown passes. He hit that in the first quarter. Adam Thielen over five and a half receptions at plus money. He finished with six. We cashed that on Sunday night football. Um, and then Michael Carter over rushing and receiving yards was my Halloween spooky pick of the week because why else would you bet on a Jets offensive player? Um, it it hit, so I went three and zero, and now Michael Carter is uh, what everyone's talking about for this Jets offense. I'm glad I got in a week ahead of time, um, but I'm looking to replicate that this week and uh, and excited, man. Well, let's go ahead and get into it. I'm going to start with my first pick. It's Operation Fade, and guys, I'm so sorry that we lost our first Operation Fade play last week with the terrible Jaguars. They stood no chance to cover that game. Well, this week. I'm going to go ahead and look at the Minnesota Vikings plus six. For those who are not familiar with Operation Fade is, is we look at the top four heavily bet public games and we find one where the public is going to lose. So I'll give a quick rundown of who's taking the most public bets. First, it's Chargers at minus two and a half, 80 percent. Raiders minus two and a half at 80 percent. Ravens minus six at 79% and bills minus 14 and a half at 79%. I'm going with the, with the Vikings here. I know it's a road game. And traditionally a lot of people think that teams off buys are just so much stronger. They have a chance to get healthy. They have a chance to, to have two weeks to prep for their opponent. However, this season teams off buys are only 50 are only 500. And last season it was a little closer to 60%, 66%. So I'm not, too keen on just go ahead and backing a six or seven point favorite just because they have a bye week and they're at home. The Vikings margin of defeat, they yes, they have a margin of defeat this year. It's minus one. And all season outside of the lone Browns game, they've been competitive. The Browns game, I think they had every single chance to to tie the game. Uh, they lost by seven in that one. With the Ravens, they're still having trouble defending explosive runs. Yes, they have a top 10 run defense as it stands statistically, However, they're not an efficient run defense. What's also very terrible for this team and, and a reason why I want to back the Vikings. Yeah, we know Kirk Cousins hasn't been fantastic, but the Ravens pass defense is 32nd in the league. And, and most of that's equated by, by injury. Um, I'm a Bama guy. I love Marlon Humphreys. I love Averett. You know, they're both Bama guys, but you know, it, they just aren't deep enough to consistently stop the pass. And you know, that bodes well because they're, they're not going to be able to stack the box because they just don't have the best cover corners. Um, and I think that it allows the Vikings to stay competitive throughout this entire game. So for that reason, I'm going to back Vikings plus six. One more tidbit I'm going to add on that that I, I, I want to make sure I make this clear. When a team is taking 75% of the action, 79% of the action, it makes no sense 
for the line to go from minus seven to minus six. Those are kind of little small tidbits that you need to pay attention when you're going to try to fade a side is see where the action's moving based on the amount of bets on the side. And so I'm backing Vikings plus six. Well, here's what I feel about the Vikings. They're kind of like the Eagles for me, that they have this high potential. Like if their offense is rolling, it's rolling because they do have good pieces on their offense. Kirk Cousins, if he gets going, he obviously has Justin Jefferson as a downfield threat and a solid run game. It doesn't matter if it's Dalvin Cook or Alexander Madison. So they're a team that I have trouble trusting because we've seen some of the throws that Kirk Cousins makes. Uh, Kirk Cousins makes, but I definitely see it as a team that you can get some value on if it's the good Vikings and yes. if it's the good Kirk Cousins. No, it's true. They've they've been Jekyll and Hyde all season. They do have the potential. I mean, they have all pro caliber players at the at the biggest positions at wide receiver. Kirk Cousins has shown he can be obviously a Pro Bowl doesn't mean much, but an all pro caliber player in some regard. And now Dalvin Cook is back. You don't know what you're getting from the Vikings every single week, but if I'm getting six points, I feel a lot more comfortable with them especially against such a, a porous pass defense as the Ravens. Yeah. It really is going to help Kirk Cousins out, get himself established. Yeah, look what look what the uh, the Bengals were able to do with Jamar Chase. And, you know, I, I put a lot of praise on Marlon Humphreys throughout the season, but he got absolutely torched by Chase. And I think that it, it, it allows Jefferson to do something very similar. Yeah, one thing before we move on, because the stat we're going to see flying around everywhere this week is uh, Harbaugh, 9-5 and five against the spread coming off a of bye. Do you think coming off a bye is different when it is a good head coach? Absolutely. I think that in any regard, you think when the coach is a a tremendous coach, they know how to get their guys prepared for the game. And they do use those two weeks to prepare very, very heavily. I just think that this is a situation where you have to go back and look at Harbaugh's always had a very deep defense. They don't have that, that, that they don't have that this season. And no matter how healthy you want to get when you have 14 of your top players on the IR, it's it's a one bye week's not going to do it. They're going to need to just figure out a way to inch out wins as many as they possibly can and get to the off season and try to have a successful season. Awesome, Bobby. Let's go ahead and hear your play on the Falcons game. So I'm going over uh, to this Falcons-Saints game. I'm kind of riding the the Carson Wentz last week. It was over one and a half uh, passing touchdowns. I found another one I like at plus money. Matt Ryan over one and a half passing touchdowns at plus 115. He's hit this in five of seven for the season. Um, He's had two passing touchdowns against New Orleans for his entire career in 14 of 26, so about 53% hit rate. Um, Now, the the – I guess the strength of this Saints defense is their rush defense. Um, the secondary, we've seen they're they're more opportunistic. They love to gamble. We saw that last week with the pick six. But they have given up big, big games to Daniel Jones through for 400 yards and two touchdowns. Tom Brady last week, 375 and four touchdowns. Sam Darnold earlier in the season, 300 yards and two touchdowns. I think it's going to be hard for Atlanta offensively to get the ground game going. Um, and I like Matt Ryan's here at – to get Matt Ryan two touchdowns and it's plus money. Um, I'm a fan, especially at the plus 115. I figure by kickoff, maybe down to minus 105, maybe plus 105. Um, but plus 115, I really love this line for him to hit two touchdowns. Even though Calvin Ridley, we know, is not going to be around. Um, you know, it's men's mental health month. I hope he gets right. Com- you know, completely support that guy. But Kyle Pitts, Russell Gage, these guys can get it in the end zone. And maybe Hayden Hurst shows up this week because he didn't show up for me last week. Yeah, 
Go ahead, Chelsea, take this one away. I was just going to have a question about the spread on this one because what is it? Falcons plus six. Normally, yes. I would love to pounce on this spread when you're looking at a divisional dog because these games usually play a lot closer. We saw this with the Steelers last week getting five and a half points and they ended up winning outright. So I think these divisional games play a lot closer. But that being said, the Falcons are on the do not bet list for me. This is a <laughs> team that is so all over the place. We talk about volatile teams. I think the Falcons are number one for me over the past, what, three years? <laughs> yeah. And, they were, and the sad thing is they were really getting it together. There was a three-game stretch where they were putting up 20-plus points a game. Oh, my God, it's starting to click. Kyle Pitts looks like the guy number four overall we drafted. Come out of the bye week last week, they play Carolina, and they get eaten up by short passes and a run game. And you went, what happened to this team? Where did the previous three weeks go? Um, and, again, coming out of a bye. So I, I don't blame you for feeling that way. Um, I love this line at plus money. It's, it's two touchdowns for Matt Ryan in a game where I don't think they're going to get the running game going against the Saints defense. So if they get in the red zone, I like Matt Ryan to uh, a little bit run to the right, maybe Kyle Pitts, maybe Hayden Hurst. Um, plus 115, I love it. You know, especially with you talked about Calvin Ridley being out. For me, a guy who loves to play DFS, it's been so fun to find, you know, hidden gems and teams with players sitting out um, or players getting injured. I kind of am interested uh, in, in this game to find some player who's going to fill that void. I haven't found it yet, but I know that Cordell Patterson is going to be heavily drafted. So I'm going to have to figure out who's that guy who's going to fill that Calvin Ridley role. I know Russell Gage is a name. There's another name. I, I can't think of it. I can't pronounce it. I know it's. Uh, yeah, I, I know exactly. Who you're well, you talking know about. About. Yeah. Him. Go with him. <laughs> awesome. Let's. Okay. So we, we have had a lot of controversy about the COVID-19 vaccination, vaccination status. And so we're going to turn to a game where the star quarterback is out and the line has moved eight points. Chelsea, go ahead and kick it off with your Packers versus Chiefs pick. Yeah, talk about an overreaction. Like, this is a huge story. Don't get me wrong. And yeah, Aaron Rodgers is the reigning MVP for a reason, and he certainly deserves to have this number moved quite a bit when it comes to the point spread. When you're talking about who would move the point spread the most in the NFL, he's got to be number one or number two. Probably Patrick Mahomes a couple years ago would have the same effect on the spread. But if you look at this year, it's been the year of the backup quarterback. You look at Geno Smith, 8-0 against the spread in his last eight starts. You look at guys who have outright wins as backup quarterbacks, Mike White, uh, Case Keenum, and uh, Cooper Rush. So these are three backup quarterbacks that nobody expected to keep these games close. And that is the thing. Yeah, you're talking about a market overreaction. So I think that's the case here. We're still talking about a Packers team that was able to run the ball pretty effectively against the Cardinals. And this defense had a pretty good job of limiting the Cardinals on the ground, at least. Like, I'm not saying that the Packers defense is one of the best in the league by any standard, but I do think that they can run the ball effectively. And the wild card here is Jordan Love. Like, do you think that he can be somewhat effective? Because I will say he has had the luxury of sitting back and watching one of the best quarterbacks, you know, in the last 10 years do it. He has had uh, a really good experience watching that offense under Aaron Rodgers. So if you think that he can be at least decent, I think the Packers can keep it close. Because when you're talking about a number this big, remember that Thursday night game between the Bucks and the Eagles? Like the discrepancy between those teams talent-wise was huge. Yes. But they still cover the number. So that's what we're talking about, covering a number here. And I just think this is too many points. So I will be on the Packers. 
No, I I love th- I love this for a couple reasons. One, the number eight. It's above that seven mark. If they lose by a touchdown, you're still covering. Two, can you pick a better team for Jordan Love to get his first start against? This Chiefs defense. Yeah, the Chiefs. I haven't even talked about the Chiefs. They're, they, I mean, this is a great opportunity for Jordan Love to get his feet set. Um, we saw what Lamar Jackson did to the Chiefs on uh, Sunday Night Football, I think, in week two, able to carve them up. I think they're going to have a couple scripted plays for Jordan Love in there to move the chains. And then we saw what that Packers run def- uh, run offense. I'm sorry. A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones did last week uh, on Thursday Night Football. They can move the chains with these two running backs. Um I do think the Chiefs win, but I completely agree with you. This number is way too high. Um, and I'm excited to see what Jordan Love actually has because the the succession plan in Green Bay over the last 20 years has went pretty well. Um, hopefully Love can keep that going. One thing that's interesting to look at too is um, the market overreaction this season has been a terrible, terrible way to follow. You look at the Cowboys. You look at the Seahawks. Every time this big news has happened and the market has – corrected or it's just been an overreaction so that's going to kind of segue me into my two-team teaser and i'll start with the first team i have packers plus 13 and a half with getting six points here the number i got was seven and a half so i have to take the 13 and a half but listen you guys said it it's 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 too much of an overreaction and the packers defense is a lot stronger than people believe you know this is a team that's seven to one against the spread this season and it's not all on aaron Rodgers. it's because his defense has been more than adequate. And I'll admit, early in the season, I was not very high on the defense, but they've shown a lot, a lot of glimpses of being a very good Super Bowl contending defense. And now let's go to the Chiefs. The Chiefs can't get out of their own way. We have Patrick Mahomes, who has new baby syndrome. And I say oh. this, I say this as a, a guy who loves to bet golf. In golf, it's very fun to fade guys who are recently just having a new baby because there's what? so much John change. Rom. John, John Rom, was good. But listen, John Rom in his first tournament after having a child was not good. But he and still then, had a monster year. Yes, and it, it, it's, it, it's you know superstition, golfer mentality where they think that it's going to be something that takes them out of the game. I'm going to say that Whatever Patrick Mahomes is doing off the field, I don't know if it's a distraction from his brother's TikTok page, the, the media, whatever it is, there's something different about the way he's playing. I think it could be a lot on his plate or a lot on his shoulders. If you see a lot of times when the offensive line is breaking down, Patrick Mahomes has this mentality that he has to do it all, you know? And that's the reason why they're turning the ball over so many times. Patrick Mahomes leading the NFL in interceptions, though. This defense, I mean, this offense, turning the ball over two, almost 2.4 times per game. What also is a very telling sign of there's something in the locker room going on or something in someone's head is they're getting penalized a lot. We have a Super Bowl team, a, a team who's just constantly in the Super Bowl. You have to find something is going on that we need to correct here. Until then, I'm going to keep fading them they're 32nd in defensive efficiency and that's against the pass and against the run so you're telling me we have jordan love coming in here what like you said what better what better opportunity does he have than playing against a terrible defense and well and also the chiefs what have they covered for their last 18 games yes like how are you going to lay that big of a number with a team that cannot cover spreads and until they prove that they can i'm gonna keep fading them yeah, no, it's it's a team like you have to almost auto fade at this point. And They're I like said the Lakers. Uh, 
Yes, like the Lakers. And I said it like uh, was two podcasts ago. Their average margin of victory in games they win is only like 3.8. So, I mean, you're getting – I'm getting 13. You're getting eight. Like that's a ton of points. For the second part of my teaser, I'm going to the Rams here. And I think that a lot of people are going to overreact and, and back the Rams blindly with the loss of Derrick Henry. And I, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go and tease them down a little bit. The Rams, their pass defense is very good. They're fourth in the NFL in pass defense. And this is a, they're playing against a Titans team who's losing a 2,000-yard back. You just don't replace those kind of guys. And, you know, Derrick Henry is the kind of back who can run behind a banged-up offensive line, find holes, and break for a touchdown at any moment. I don't think McNichols is that kind of back. I think we're going to see a very different Titans defense, Titans offense here. And so I'm going to go ahead and have to back the Rams. I think the Rams have a chance to cover the number, but I don't like that market correction on the number. So I went ahead and teased them down. I mean, you know where my allegiance lies on this one. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm a Titans fan. We go head to head this week. Oh, I didn't know. <laughs> uh, I'm, well, at least I guess I'll I'll stumble into this one. Um, I had this game circled on my calendar the last couple of weeks as a Rams fan because it was the one I was expecting an upset. Um, Derrick Henry kind of changes all of that. If you look at the Ryan, if you look at Ryan Tannehill, he has a ton of success in the play action pass as a passer because you have to respect Derrick Henry so much. You have to load the box with eight or nine guys just to hope to drag this guy down. If you take that element out of the equation and you have Ryan Tannehill throwing the ball. 35, 40 times, I feel a lot more comfortable, especially if there's no threat. You can have an extra secondary defender out there. You don't need the linebacker in the box to stop a run because, like you said, McNichols doesn't scare me, maybe out of the backfield, um, but not between the hash marks. Um, I do. I am going to back my Rams as a homer, but getting this at one and a half um, and then the Packers we talked about, I do. I like your teasers, man. I, I can't I can't <laughs> lie to you. You're very successful with them. I think we've we've lost one teaser all, all season, and yeah. that was the Lions. <laughs> but Chelsea, give me the opposite side of this. Give me yes, the Ryan Tannehill will will take down my Rams team. Oh, I'm not on the Titans. Like I'm a Titans <laughs> fan, but like you said, like this is not a normal running back because usually in the NFL, the level, the replacement level for running backs, you know, it's next guy up. We've seen it with the Ravens. But Derrick Henry is a six foot three, two hundred forty pound hole to fill that nobody's filling. I don't care if it's Adrian Peterson, but he's you know a little long in the tooth. I don't think we're going to see the Adrian Peterson that we saw once in the NFL. And you're right, Ryan Tannehill has thrived with Derrick Henry. These two go together like peanut butter and chocolate. Like he is so good at that play action pass, and they really need each other to do big things. So I think it's going to be a tough day, especially we've seen what happens when a defensive line can get pressure on Derek or on uh, Ryan Tannehill. Like we saw it against the Jets. They sacked Ryan Tannehill, I think five times. And in the first yep. game of the season against the Cardinals, Chandler Jones by himself had five sacks. So I think it's going to be a tough day for the offensive line of the Titans. And we're going to get our first look, hopefully, fingers crossed, of Von Miller in uh, in some horns, which I'm excited for. I mean, if this Rams defense got Clay Matthews eight and a half sacks, I think it was like two years ago, I, Von Miller is not someone like Clay Matthews who's at the end of his career. He still has a lot of juice left in the tank. Um, I'm curious to see what, what he can get going. Absolutely. I'm excited for this teaser. Let's go ahead over to Miami. Uh, you're, you're back in a, a prop in the Dolphins game. Go ahead and lay it on us. I guess it's a theme for me. I'm a big Zag guy. We went over this before, but I'm going with Mike Gesicki over 46 and a half receiving yards at minus 115. So he's averaging almost 60 yards per game on the season. He's hit this in five of eight. 
He's seen six targets in six of eight games. Um, and another big stat that I love about this, he's had a reception of 20-plus yards in six of eight games. So wow. right off the clip, if he can get one 20-yard reception, we're already down to 27 yards he needs to get through the other three or four on the game. What I really love about this is what Tua has done since he's returned. He's thrown the ball 39 times minimum over the last three games since he's come back from in, uh, injury. This Miami team passed uh, the deadline. They know who their quarterback is. It's not Deshaun Watson. There is no more controversy, maybe at the end of this season, but for the rest of this season, it is Tua. Um, and you're also playing a Houston Texans team that we've – I mean, they're, they're, they're just dragging themselves across the finish line, and it's only week nine. Um, so I like Gesicki over 46 and a half with this newfound Tua slinging the ball, doing his best Drew Brees impression. Um, yeah, too low for me. I was expecting this too to be low. around 50. So 46 and a half, low. I like it. We, we were getting plus money for Gesicki uh, receptions when Tua returned. I was like, this cannot be real. I was like, what is going on here? No, I like it. Uh, for, for From a fantasy uh, standpoint, He's a good plug-and-play guy if you need a flex on a bye week because he's going to get that 50 yards, and if you throw a touchdown in there, he, he he's absolutely worth it. I remember two weeks ago his touchdown prop was plus 235. I bet it, and I was like, this cannot be real, and he caught a touchdown. I was like, easy money. He's he's getting he's – getting, it's not just they're dinking and dunking down the field. Yeah. Six plays of 20-plus yards in the last six of eight weeks. Yes. So, I mean, he's – he, like you said, I played him in the flex a couple times. I actually have, have him and Kyle Pitts, and I just alternate. I do too. <laughs> one in the flex, one in the tight end, one in the, and it works. Um, so yeah, yeah. forty six and a half is too low for me against the Texans team. Hopefully, it doesn't get, the game doesn't get too far out of hand um, because this is a Miami team that actually has something to prove. You know, yeah. it's not. It's um, so yeah. I, I like picks on, picking on the Texans. What can I say? Well, that's a good uh, good segue into our into Chelsea's three team teaser because. She has the Texans in there. Go ahead and tell us your uh, three-team teaser. Yeah, listen, Tyrod Taylor is back for the Texans, and that's big news because he is a big step up, I think, from Davis Mills. Davis Mills had his one, you know, crazy game against the Patriots of all teams to have a good one against. But Tyrod Taylor at least is a veteran, and we've seen uh, these veteran quarterbacks come in and do admirable jobs. So when you're looking at a big spread here – and I need to look at, you know, the actual number I have. Was it 13 and a half in this teaser? Yep. I just think this is too many points for a Dolphins team that I don't think th- they can really blow out people. Because I do think that the Dolphins will win, but I just haven't seen enough uh, explosiveness from their offense to think that they can cover uh, this big of a number. So I have the Texans plus 13 and a half, Browns plus nine and a half, and Cowboys minus two and a half. This is a seven-point teaser for plus 120 because I wanted to get past that key number of nine and down to two and a half for the Cowboys. I know there's probably some uh, numbers that aren't exactly right on that one. You can go ahead and give me gray for them, but those are three Mm -hmm. teams I like uh, for a seven point teaser. No, I like that teaser. Um, I consider teasing the Browns a lot. Um, And then the Texans. So I, I was on uh, NBC sports bet the edge and, we're backstage and we're just trying so hard to figure out, are we getting Tyrod Taylor? Are we not getting Tyrod Taylor? And I'm putting my notes together and I was like about to pull my hair out of my braids trying to figure out if I'm getting Tyrod Taylor because I think that Texans 13 and a half is just a fantastic number if you have Tyrod Taylor. And one I thing think they also- just announced it. Oh, they did? Okay. So that, so that makes me even more excited about it. One thing about that Dolphins team too is their defense is not good. And this was a 
this was what a top five defense last year. Yeah. I don't know how on earth they're so poor, but yeah, when you're giving me 13 points against a bad defense and you get Tyrod Taylor, who is more than adequate. I love it. Tyrod Taylor's huge. This offense looked completely different in the first two games. Brandon Cooks was – I mean, this is really big for Brandon Cooks, so I can't wait to see what the lines are for him. Um, he was heavily targeted for Taylor, but they do look like a completely different offense with him under the helm. Hopefully he's fully healthy. Um, Browns 9.5. I love Browns money line this week. I, I think they can yeah. actually upset a Bengals team who – this is kind of a line in the sand for – for Cleveland, where they're getting a little bit of health back. They're under a bunch of scrutiny. Obviously, Odell Beckham, you know, Odell Beckham's dad is kind of dragging Baker Mayfield through the mud. Odell um, Beckham didn't say anything to kind of despair that. Um, so I do think this is, these are the type of games that you see Baker Mayfield really step up and let it let him know. He's always had the chip on his shoulder, but I love them money line. Uh, and then Cowboys actually took my survivor this week. So hopefully I can get out of another week. So the fact that you get two and a half makes me feel a little bit better. Yeah, what do you think about the Cowboys laying a big number? Because I think of all the teams in the NFL, when you're looking at big numbers, you want those really explosive offenses, and the Cowboys are one of those. So I'm not sure if I want to lay that many points, but the Broncos have looked so bad offensively. So I'm going to play it safe here and just take them two and a half and a teaser. But I think maybe it's worth a look. I just don't love laying those big numbers. Yeah, no, I like teasing the the Cowboys and – I just think that the Broncos are ready to, to pack it in. You know, they're ready to get out of here and, and just tank as much as they possibly can, get as many draft picks as low as they possibly can. That works they'll, for me. They'll, they'll be the team in contention for Nick Rogers or Russell Wilson next year. Yeah. <laughs> that, and that's what you're accumulating these type of picks for, is to make a yep. move like that in the offseason. John always proved he can't draft anyone at all, um, at least from a quarterback standpoint. <laughs> Uh, but no, the Cowboys minus two and a half. Last week was a big game for them because it was a game they weren't supposed to win. We saw that with the big line movement. Um, and these are the type of wins that you need if you want to be playing come January. So I think that was a huge confidence builder for this defense and for this team to win with a backup. Then you get Dak back um, and you start rolling again. So minus two and a half seems awesome. Awesome. Cool. I'm going to go into another field goal prop. And I promised myself I was not going to do a field goal prop this week until I saw the 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 number we were getting here. Like I was expecting someone. So for anybody who doesn't know how I do my field goal props is I have a chart of expected field goals per game per opponent that I build out. And I was expecting this to like, I think my number on this game was 2.1 which is still going to cover. I'm going to go take in Las Vegas Raiders over one and a half field goal at minus 125. So normally the price on something that I have pegged at uh, around two point something and the low two points is normally like minus 185, minus 195. Um, and I put this in perspective, the, the number that I had for the bills was 1.67 and the bills was a minus 150 line. And I think that this has more, more of a chance to hit than the bills did, even though the bills kick more field goals per game. So uh, I'll, I'll put this in, in, in an easy reason for people to understand. We need bend, don't break defenses. And as much as grief as the Giants have been given, you know, they, they have a red zone defense that's, it's, you know, top half of the league. They have a touchdown rate of 58%, which sounds like a big number, but I think the league average is somewhere around like 65%. So and then their last three, their touchdown rate is 50%. And then against Kansas City, Kansas City's red zone touchdown rate was 33%. Well, 
The Giants also are top half of the league in field goals allowed per game, actually top third of the league in field goals allowed per game, where we have a Raiders team who's hit that number in five of seven. The one game that they didn't hit it against was that that uh, Bears defense. And that Bears defense, like I said uh, earlier in the season, they don't allow a lot of field goals because they don't allow teams to get into position to field goals. And if they are, it's if they're if teams are scoring on the Bears, it's generally bigger plays. Um, and teams don't have the opportunity to kick field goals. So I'm going to go ahead and back one and a half here at the price that we're getting. is just too hard to pass up. I'll tell you on that. And plus, don't they have an actually good kicker? Because it's yes. hard to find in the NFL, isn't it, Carlson? Yeah, I think he's missed, what, two field goals all season? Knock on wood. I yeah, hate no. when the announcers <laughs> say that, and then they just doink it off oh, the uprights. Yeah. <laughs> Absolute clockwork. Yep. Awesome. Let's go to the play. Uh, the New England, oh, we actually, I said New England Patriots. Let's let's pause on that one, and let's go to the Steelers play that you have for us, Bobby. Sure. Uh, Najee Harris, over 29.5 receiving yards at minus 115. So he's hit this in three of seven. Um, he's flirted with this line in five of seven, meaning he had 29 on the nose two other games that he didn't hit this. So this is really in his wheelhouse. Um, and it still seems pretty low to me considering how he's valued and targeted in this offense. He's seen a minimum of five targets in five of seven games. Um, this is kind of a market correction for last week. It was kind of a, it was a dog fight with Cleveland, a 15 to 10 game. And the running game was really going. He got 26 carries. It was his most carries of his career so far. Um, I think that changes a little bit in this upcoming week where he gets a little bit more involved again in the passing game. When he does, the Steelers score more points. Certainly, if I can see this, Mike Tomlin can see this. So 29 and a half, uh, I do expect him to be around um, four receptions. I think that's at least a floor for him. Yeah. Uh, we've seen him get 14 receptions at least one game this season. Um, so Najee Harris over 29 and a half receiving yards. You know, it's interesting. I did a, a, a 10 leg prop parlay and the leg that lost last week was Najee Harris. And I was so mad because I'm a huge Bama guy. And, and I literally the day before dressed up as Najee Harris for Halloween and we're sitting at the airport and I'm just like, I'm in Pittsburgh, you know, watching the game at the airport at the pastrami brothers, like everything was going so perfect. And I'm like, I'm next to my mom. My mom's not a big better. She's not a big football fan. And she just sees me, begging the TV, come on, Najee, one more catch, one more catch, and I got hooked on him. And I was like, this could not be real. You had over three and a half receptions, I'm guessing? Yes. I was like, there's no possible way. But no, I, it's going to be a different game script. That game, like you said, was a dogfight, and I like Najee to get the receptions and get the yards. Yeah. Let's go into Chelsea's last play to wrap things up. Uh, go ahead and lay it on us. Yeah, I'm going to be taking the Patriots minus three and a half at the Panthers. This is not a Panther team that I feel like has been very impressive. I know to start the season, everybody was super high on the Panthers and this defense, but they had lost four games in a row entering last week's game against the Falcons, and they beat the Falcons. Like, am I supposed to be impressed by that? <laughs> Meanwhile, the Patriots have gone toe-to-toe with some of the best teams in the NFL, shutting down some of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, yes. making uh, Justin Herbert look, hu- look human with two interceptions, looking, making Tom Brady almost look human, almost look human. They still you know, beat him, but still, this is a Patriots defense that has been pretty solid all season long, and now the offense is starting to click. Mac Jones appears to be getting better each and every game, and the first few games of the year – 
it seemed like they could move the ball down the field, but they weren't good in the red zone. At one point, they were converting touchdowns on just 37% of their trips to the red zone, which is not a good number. So yeah. if I knew if they could, could correct that, this offense could really get going. And we have seen it in their past few games. And going against this Panthers team that I know that Christian McCaffrey should be back for this one, and that is a huge boost for this Panthers team. I just think that the Patriots are the better team, the better coach team, and the team that really has the momentum right now. No, I agree. Go ahead, Brett. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, it's interesting because when you have a rookie quarterback, sometimes you have the natural instinct to put the the training wheels on them. And early in the season, you could see that McDaniels was doing that a lot with Mac Jones. Still, he was still throwing what, like 20, I think it was like 28 passes per game. But now you can see they're trusting him a little bit more. That offense is starting to go. And on the other side of the ball, the Panthers are dealt with the same thing that the Broncos did. They just had an easy schedule at the beginning of the season where both teams were super highly touted. They're like, oh, the Panthers are back. Oh, the Broncos are back. Neither of those teams are back. And neither of those teams are good defensively. No, it's true. You know who's familiar with Sam Darnold? Bill Belichick. Yep. Yeah. So I, yeah, and I, I fully expect to, to see that on display. Um, is McCaffrey is McCaffrey official? I haven't looked yet. I got him on my. I think IR. he's he's eligible to come off the IR. I believe. Okay. Yep. Okay. Got it. Uh, no, I mean that would make a world of a difference, but I still don't think it, you know this Patriots team. They are hitting their stride offensively. They are clicking. Damian Harris has looked very very good the past couple weeks. Um, and yeah, they they actually use that that short passing game. Um, as a form of a running game. That's why you see so many attempts for Mac Jones. A lot of it is slants. A lot of it is screens. Um, they're doing these things to get his feet wet, get him acclimated, get a couple completions early. And then the end of the game, he's really opening it up. We saw that with the touchdown uh, against the Cowboys late against uh, you know against Diggs. They are letting him spread the field a little bit later in the game. Um, but I do, I do like this spread. I do like minus three and a half. Uh, it'd be interesting to see if McCaffrey plays. Chelsea, I want to thank you for uh, for jumping on the show with us. You know, I've been following you for quite some time now. I think like back in the picks and parlays days, where oh yeah, yeah, seeing your videos and I, you're an awesome person. Uh, so thank you so much for coming on the show, uh, guys. Be sure to follow Bankroll Blitz at Bankroll Blitz on Twitter. Be sure to download the podcast, and if you are on YouTube. Press the like button, the subscribe button, and thank you so much. Guys, I hope you guys have a fantastic weekend. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Chelsea. No problem.